this house man is so extremely extremely active this is where the shadow's at the camera's there and the shadow walks into this room here so this right here this is a blue room they call it the blue room because again this tarp here that's the, how the sun comes through and you see how it makes it kind of bluish we she had a picture right here of saint michael the archangel defeating the devil and one day we came back and the picture was gone man the house completely locked up we looked at we looked at the whole house and it was gone and in this uh closet here we uh we had some members in here they were kind of just looking around and if you bring your camera in here and look up right here against this thing right here there's a slit in the you see there's like a slit right here uh -huh. well they have put their hand there for whatever reason and they found a broken cross in there and the clients that there was no broken cross that she never put a broken cross in there so we're thinking that whatever's here maybe got upset that it was there broke it and put it in there but no one touched it And then so the point right here, where I have my camera in this corner right here, facing that doorway, and you hear what sounds like a young lady or a woman of some kind, like either moaning or crying and singing, coming from the house here. This house is so freaking active, man. Hey, welcome to Too Hard Too Fast Podcast. The podcast where we're filming on location, um... Actually, in this location, I'm a little sweaty and I'm a little nervous. And I'll explain because we're actually at, what do you call it, Mike? So let me introduce our guest. Uh, we have Mike from Midnight Paranormal Society. He's been our guest on the Too Hard Too Fast podcast before. Um, really freaked me out. And that was through Zoom. <laughs> and now we're in person. And we also have uh, Christine. I got it right? Cindy. Cindy. Oh, my God. Already messing up. Uh <laughs> But it's okay. So what would you call this place, Mike? And you can grab the mic. I would call this I, I always tell people this is um the haunted rental property. Because it is, right? Rental property. That's why that's why I just nicknamed the haunted rental property. So it's it's a haunted rental property. Um so the reason I'm sweating is because there's really the house that we're in is um it's got it. There's nobody living in this location, and um, or at least I don't think. Right. No. No one's currently residing in this. Nobody residence that's right living, now. living. <laughs> no, no living person right now. Um, it's a little darker, as well, and there's no AC, and so I'm sweating, but I'm also nervous. I don't like playing around with the paranormal activity kind of things, but I think there's a really good story to be shared here, and that's why I wanted to do this. Um, so we'll get started on that. If anything does happen behind us, uh, around us, uh, if I get scared, I'm going to run out. So, um, <clears throat> But I, I, I'm coming in very respectful with this and also very curious. So sit back, buckle up. Let's go too hard, too fast. Boom. You have to put your seatbelt on. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast. Anything that rolls downhill, man. I mean, old habits die hard, right? It's the podcast by the people for the people. Well, I'm going too hard, too fast. We are double fisted on that ass. <laughs> Only here, too hard, too fast. Let's do it. So welcome everyone to Too Hard, Too Fast <laughs> <Girl>. podcast. <laughs> right. Where we go off the rails. 
and George has to worry about it. So, <laughs> here we go. For the podcast of the century. Cheers. I kind of, I don't know if we want to go with the history first or with the current things, but Mike, you are actually the investigator that has been tasked to kind of... Investigate and collect evidence. That's correct. So, say so, that again with the loop. I'm sorry. Closer. Oh, sorry. So yeah, we you know we were we were requested here to come into the location and gather evidence and figure out what is going on here because she's been experiencing many things throughout the years, and so we came in to investigate. But, but for those who are watching now, the full episode, uh, we're currently live on the MPS page, Midnight Paranormal Society page. So if you want to see kind of behind the scenes when things are kind of being set up. Go to our page, and I'm actually live now, but by the time you're watching this, it'll be up, and you can just go back and watch how it all kind of was brought together today. But, uh, no, so when we were first called, when, when did we come in? Like in 20, was it 2018, 2017? We were first contacted. Actually, one of our good, Friday, uh, our good friends, um, uh, Eddie Hill, he reached out to me and said, hey, Mike, you know, I, I have a case uh, with uh, with you know somebody who needs help in their in their home and their property, and I said okay, yeah, you know, pass it over to me. I'll figure out what's going on, and then that's when I spoke to Miss Test, and she wants to explain to us things that were happening in this house, but also she has another property as well. And so when we first came in here, what ended up happening was uh, I had a friend of mine who actually he worked for Ken's Five, and he himself worked in the, in in the news station. And when we were, we had posted that we're here investigating, he said, hey, man, can I come out and check out what you're doing? I said, sure, come out. So he showed up, and we were at the the, the other property. And I said, hey, man, come over here with me to this one. So it was just he and I. We walked here to the house. We came into the fence. And like you saw when I first came up, I had to unlock the fence there. I unlocked it. We came in. And I remember we had first walked in, and I had set up motion lights in the house here. And it was kind of like this where there was still light out. And he was saying, right here, I'm right here. And as we set him up, I started explaining to him what it is I wanted to do to communicate with the spirits here and how those motion lights work and how we use them for our investigations. And out of nowhere, we hear the sound. Like, because if you walk in here, I mean, there's there's dust and dirt on the on the ground. So if you walk, you're going to hear sound like, you know, the scraping sounds and the, and the clip I let you hear of the footsteps or the crackling in the wood. Yeah. We heard that with our own ears in the back. So well, and that sounded what it sounded like was like somebody was ruffling through something, like not just. And, and like, maybe, maybe if you want, I can send it to you. You can uh, show. The yeah, I'll put it in here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm on on this. If you're, it, we're, we're, we're saying here, if you're looking at, there's two doors. One that leads, to, I call it the blue room, and this one leads to the kitchen area, the left side and the right side is blue room. I look at on the blue room side, on the right side. And we see what looked like, we heard the sound coming from back there. So we came through the left door, went all the way to the back there. I had a motion light in the back room where you were walking through. You said that the, the, the autofocus kept going in and out. In that room, we were on the room to the left. And the motion light's facing into the, uh, it's facing into the, the, the room where your, where your camera kept autofocusing. While, uh, while we're staying there, we hear the sound of like feet dragging or like, you know, feet scraping on the floor. And I said, if you're in there, whatever you are, if you're in there, can you give me sign of your presence? Can you do something? And all of a sudden the motion light turns on by itself and it's facing into that room. He says, 
no. And like he, like I mean, he took off to the door. He got out. He went back to the <laughs> house. And I, and I was like, myself back there. And all I kept thinking was, thanks, man. And I said, well, thank you for your time. I'm out of here. <laughs> and we walk, I walked out too. You know what I mean? Yeah. but what was really well like just kind of thinking about that um so if you're watching the if you're watching this the if you're watching the video version of this podcast or this episode you can see what mike is talking about because he did give me a tour of the house and i'm putting those clips up if you're just listening to the audio you know post nemo uh, <laughs> but uh um, use your imagination <laughs> there was a moment when you took me back there i was like oh okay i'm gonna walk out <laughs> no it's just like it definitely especially when you say like this room has a this room's you can, this room you can feel like there's eyes right in the very back room yeah. yeah i feel like there's all these eyes watching you from this back room here and as soon as you said that i was looking and it looked like the windows and I, it was the light you know but to me it just looked like two eyes just staring dead right straight at me. right so it feels like something's yeah. just watching you from the back and so one another thing recently that we actually caught actually myself and miss test without even knowing the, that we captured it was the shadow from the camera so the neighbor was gracious enough to let us allow us to use our wi-fi i told miss test i'm suggesting to bring in a wireless security camera that i have that we can use when we're not here i can remote view from home and, and look at the camera and see if anything's going on or maybe the camera will capture stuff while we're gone so the camera is actually it was set up on this wooden thing i had it over there mm-hmm. and it was facing to the blue room down in the room and so at first i was trying to set it up there but the for whatever reason we would walk into the house and the wi-fi would just disappear right it, 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 it didn't want to work i'm like what's going on like why and you saw too your devices weren't working yeah was happening. we had a the camera hard time died. Yeah. and so i'm like what's going on so i walk right point to you and i show you where the, i put the i place the camera on that wooden panel all of a sudden i put it there we walk away because i'm like man we need to figure out this wi-fi situation so she's standing here in this door frame i'm outside on the grass and we're just talking amongst ourselves for more than maybe 10 15 minutes and finally i said i don't know what's going on i can't i don't know why it's doing that every time we walk through this threshold right here this doorway mm-hmm. instantly it stopped working i said well it can't be the the house i mean it's not, it's not like a regular if you go to like a mall or a building where the walls are so thick the signal can't go through so we're trying to think about what it is. Well, in that time that we're outside talking to amongst ourselves, the camera was still recording, but through motion. So that means if you walk in front of that camera within, like, I want to say maybe like, uh, like a hundred feet of it, it's gonna it's gonna record like thirty seconds of video with no audio though, just video, and whatever caused that motion, it's gonna record a 30 second clip, save it to the memory card, and then you can watch it back later. I didn't know it did that. So as I, I go home, I, I pull the memory card. I'm like, let me just put it away. I say, you know, let me look at it real fast. I see clips on there. And I'm like, what the heck is this? So I click the first one, the one I showed you. And when you first look at that clip, there's like a, a regular shadow that's being caused by maybe like some light coming through the window or some kind of lights, you know, from the outside. And within seconds, you see the shadow go from the corner of the room and dart into the next room. Yeah, yeah. And so these things are happening. And it's like, and, and as a paranormal investigator, our you know we our hope is to capture something like that. And it's hard. It, it's not like a common occurrence. So when that happened, mind you, that's years of of trying to you know from 2018 you know throughout the you know whatever trying to capture something like that. And we finally captured it. But what was really interesting was the other clip I let you hear of what's not like a young lady or a woman like singing or crying or moaning or something you know and and 
mind you, this is the middle of the night, man. It's like three, four in the morning. Nobody's here. And out of nowhere, I mean, you start hearing dogs next door barking. Yep. And then you hear the female voice come through. And I, when I heard that for the first time, so I'm reviewing it. I'm like, what the heck? I'm going to let Miss hear it. I let people from a team hear it. I even went next door to the neighbors and said, hey, I wish you to listen to this. Tell me if this sounds familiar to you. Cause, I mean, you know, you want to eliminate, before you assume it's paranormal, you want to eliminate and make sure is a natural occurrence that's causing it. Who knows? What if someone's singing next door? Or what yeah, if it's yeah. an animal? So they heard it. We've never heard anything like that before, man. We don't know what that is. So I'm like, holy cow, man. You heard this before? And we're all of us are just we're baffled by it, man. So we caught the female voice. We caught the shadow. We caught the footsteps. And then one that we still cannot figure out to this day is the picture of the St. Michael going missing. Yes. You, you want to show that? Well, I had a, a picture of St. Michael in the Blue Room, and because there's been a lot of activity in the Blue Room, and this goes back years, decades actually, and Mike and the team, that was the first time they came out here, and then the following day when we came back, and then Michael asked, and I said, well, Michael, gosh, that was a big, it, it had to be three feet by three feet, that picture of St. Michael. And we can't find it anywhere. And it was framed. Mm. So we're like, okay, so what happened to it? And we don't know to this day. And what everything happened was to locked and, and yes. so nothing nobody could have gotten in. No, I mean the house was I mean, when you first come in the door it's it's completely chained up. Yeah. No, and I saw it like when I if I wanted to bust in it would take some work. Yeah, was, and, and the thing is, you know, if they, let's say someone broke into the window or something, there would be signs of the glass everywhere where they broke in yeah. and came in, but there's I mean there's nothing. So to me, where I mean, we they looked in the attic. We looked through, like open walls, anywhere it could possibly be. And to this day, we have yet to find it, man. And all the windows were locked. Yeah, that was the thing. There was all the windows were locked. The doors were locked from. So you figure if somebody broke in, they would have had to leave the door open or a window open, but everything was shut closed. That's crazy. And, and, but, and, and, and real quick to add to that, when this was happening, I left. The, my, my cameras here that are worth money so not and not to say that that picture's not worth anything but why take the picture versus taking my camera right. so they can sell yeah. and make so if it was money. like somebody like a human right they could have stolen like that because it's a worth or, just a, you know, or whatever, you know. anybody for that matter why didn't they go for my cameras yeah. versus a picture yeah like I mean? something that's monetary worth right versus right. but see that's the, the, the thing like things like that with um that has to do with god and religion and uh that also freaks me out like so for me being in here is something definitely uh would be almost unheard of like i almost don't even go to like haunted houses like the, right. the, the halloween haunted houses just because i don't like freaking myself i don't like playing around with stuff like that. right and then more so with anything that has to do with religion um i played i've said it on this podcast before there I have my own thoughts on religion and things like that. Right. But I still respect it. I of don't I don't play with it. Uh I grew up Catholic and I grew up knowing uh, you know the different things and uh, of that religion. So even when we were in that blue room and you told me that story, you know, I was kind of I was giving thought to it and yeah, of course that thought of something else, you know, right. taking it. And then you told me the story of in the closet where they found the cross. Oh, the broken the broken cross. Mm. 
So I almost, I, when you said it, that they put their fingers in it, I just being terco and I wanted to do it. <laughs> so, like, I wanted to, to, to do it. And I, I felt my body, like, going for it, like, my, my, my defiancy, like, telling me, just do it, man. And, but, you know, the other thing in my head was like, nah, man, don't play You were like, like uh, yeah, never yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. Like, I'm not scared if there's an animal or anything like that. I don't want to mess and find something right, else that right. I would really be freaking out. Um, but yeah, so like, um, I, I'm a little, where was I going? I don't know. Like, I guess I, I, you told me about the breathing, so I'm kind of like monitoring my breathing as well. Like right. making sure I can still breathe. Um, but yeah, again, if you're watching the video version, so this is the first time we've done it. I've done an episode where it's like kind of dark. Right. So I'm not sure like, you know, how this is going to turn out or not but i think it will give a better vibe to like right what we see what we hear i know i don't know if the mics are picking up the outside but it's very lively you know the right, community yeah. is very lively right uh but somehow there's a difference coming going out out of the door to where you hear the full community and when you go inside it inside this house it's right. very silent right it's, uh, it's way different man yeah like it kind of like the sound stops right, right there at the front door and, and, and so what he mentioned about the breathing thing, the reason why he brought that up was because there was a moment where it was myself, Miss Tess, and one of my good friends, George, we had came into the house to retrieve some equipment. Cause like I said, we leave. Because here's the thing. When we're here, some stuff happens, but it's more so once we leave and the cameras are rolling. And I don't know if this, the things here know that there's cameras here. So things are happening more so when we're gone. And so we retrieved the footage. We were, all, we were in the blue room and, and Miss Tess for whatever reason decides to sit on the floor or something and she started praying or she was doing something of that, of that nature and all of a sacrifice I couldn't catch my breath and I'm like what the heck and it's like it was anxiety I, I don't know what it was but I literally had to like r walk to the door fast and go outside once I hit that grass it was like whew, like if my breathing was back to normal I don't know because of what she was doing was maybe aggravating whatever was here and so it's like who can I try like it's, it's almost like if you're you're doing something that's upsetting it so what can I do to stop her and how can I stop her by messing with somebody here so that way her attention goes from praying mm. are you okay like what's going on and then the, the, the praying stops yeah so I was like let me get let me get here because I mean we think about it when you really can't breathe it's a scary thing oh yeah you know yeah. if I collapse right there how the hell are they gonna drag me out of the house mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so my thought was to me at least if I collapse let me hit this front of this door that way with the one they can just drag me right there yeah but thank God it didn't happen but I told you I was like just monitor little things not that i want you to keep thinking about it but if you start feeling something i need you to get up and walk out and collect yourself because i don't want you to start oh, and then you don't want to come back in, yeah yeah so <laughs> no. like something to think about you know no for sure i think um so going back to like the equipment and and the brain um this is like again a lot of uh, moving into the in-person podcast from zoom a lot of it is new but so all the equipment is new is what I'm, uh, you know, so, and I pre-plan and, you know, make sure everything's working the night before, right. even the evening leading up to it. And then I get here and everything's like kind of having glitches. Right. Like for sure the camera not being that battery, like that really first right, sign of right. like freaking me out. Like that I know it was charged and then just every little thing, just little things. But, um, but um, you were, you were praying uh over different things and again 
it seemed to like almost not instantly, but it allowed either the equipment to kind of help or myself to figure out, okay, this is what's wrong. Or I don't know if it was, and again, there's a lot of skeptical people and I'm just going to, you know, play that advocate on the other side of like, it could be whatever, or it could just be me, but whatever it was, it allowed me to calm myself down to think through the situation. Well, I think what people don't understand and if you believe in God, if you have faith in God, a higher being, you're, it's like a quarter. You have one side and you have the other side. So where there is God, there is also evil or there is the supernatural. And we try to separate both, but we really cannot because they coexist right. together. And the good side of all of this, we had um, a priest come out uh, from another city far away and he brought in two helpers and they blessed the whole house they blessed all the yard I mean we blessed everything we prayed and we were here like for two hours um, and I don't think I told Mike this I don't remember if I told him so I felt the spirit of a woman and I did not allow her to take over me but I could hear what she wanted and she was crying and crying and crying and I felt that the woman had done something bad to somebody. And in return, something very bad happened to someone she loved. Mm. And she wanted absolution to be forgiven for what she had done. And the priest went ahead and prayed and gave her, absolved her of her sins. And the woman slowly began to disappear. And that was very significant. I... And I also picked up on the name Carmen. I don't know who Carmen is. I'm thinking it was her name. How did you pick that up or from? It's, you know, and, and it's very hard to explain. Um, you hear it mentally. Mm-hmm. You don't hear it verbally like you're hearing me speak right now. It's you hear it within yourself. And that has happened to me before in this house Um when we first bought the house, we had a spirit that appeared in the blue room and asked me for help. We brought in a pastor and the people from the church. It took us seven years to help that spirit be released, but he was released eventually. And the whole thing was that he asked me for help. So I asked the Monsignor and he said, well, to me, it looked like the man was in hell because he was all charred. There was a big pit in the floor, and he had chains on his wrist. And the priest said, go and tell him that... But wait, wait, where, where did he see this? I saw it in the blue room. But like as a vision, or...? I had a... I, I could see it. I could see it with my eyes open. Oh, wow. I did... It did go into a transformation, though, of what happened to the man and how he died. And... The and that's the same room where the picture of St. Michael would yes, be. Yes, so disappeared. So that kind of like paints a picture to me of, of well, the picture I'm thinking of St. Michael is like where he's standing over him, kind of stabbing him, and it looks like the gates of hell or something, right? right. right? Uh, that's what I'm picturing. So that's kind of eerie right there. But it took, the response from the priest was, the enemy cannot hold you in bondage. The only reason there's hell is because people don't acknowledge Jesus Christ as their Savior. Mm-hmm. 
The minute they re- acknowledge Jesus as their Savior, the enemy can't keep them. He has to release them mm-hmm. because we've all been saved. That's why Jesus died for us, to save us. All we have to do is accept them as our Savior, and no entity can have power over us. Now, do they so continue, do you, you know, to attack us and, you know, bring chaos in our lives, disrupt us? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, a uh, you know, a different realm, I think, that... You know, for you know, a lot of opinions can come from that and from the internet. Um, but kind of going back to the to 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 the vision and or to do you think that this house is um, is there is it evil or is it is it um, just somebody that's trying to get back to wherever it's from? Or? And that's the question: Is it the land or is it the house? Because the house has been here for since 1951, 52. Oh, okay. So one, the first family that lived here that owned the house, we bought it. They, the house had been vacant already for several years when we first bought the house. That family wound up in a very in a terrible tragedy during Christmas time. They were no longer living here. They had moved to another house. It was the lady that sold it to me. She was this, the mother of the daughter so the son-in-law goes home he kills his wife and then the mother-in-law was running toward the door and he shoots her and he takes his wife later and puts her on the bed and kneels next to her and kills himself Mm. so all those people had lived in this house then you forward to when we started to live here um then we started having experiences and like that experience that I just told you about. But we also had beautiful experiences where we saw this beautiful lady. I think it was an angel. Uh, you could see all these like stars just glittering all over her body. And she was floating in air with her hands put together. And it felt very peaceful and joyful to see her. So we've seen the good here as well as the things that have been disruptive. And then I had that experience with the man that I just told you that I saw. Um, Evidently, what I saw was the man was running. There were two other men. They captured him. They were asking him, what did you do with it? What did you do with it? Tell us where you put it. Tell us where you buried it. And he died being ripped apart by two horses from his arms. But the other part of that Again, it took us seven years. I saw the angels come when he was released. You lived in the him. house for seven years? We lived here. No, we lived like 15 years. 15 years with, with everything happening. Yes. And, and I finally we decided, you know, it started to affect my children. And I was going to ask, so um, how, how long did, were you living here until you started seeing things? Actually, we didn't experience anything in the beginning. I think it was like maybe five years later okay. that we actually started to experience something. So then we have other things, and Mike had brought, and you can talk to that, Mike, uh, the other lady that we brought. He brought several people, and they saw different things happening throughout the years that this house has been here. Mm-hmm. And those things may have happened before we lived here. They may have happened after, you know, people were living here and we just didn't know. But it seems like there's been increments in which things have happened with people here. 
and sometimes uh, I think Mike and I agree uh, the residue stays of these spirits maybe they're at, at not at rest they need help the child remember the neighbor has seen the child uh, we've hurt the child uh, I had two men uh, a man and a wife that were living here and they would hear children running in the middle of the house because the rooms connect to each other mm -hmm. and you have the center of the house and you would hear the children running in the house. Now, after the priest came, I asked the neighbor because she had even seen the child at her house. And I asked her, I said, "How have you seen anything? She says, everything has been calm. We haven't experienced or seen or heard anything anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's a long history. I mean, yeah. it's a lot to tell. I don't know if well, you want to add anything to it. Well, before, before we, uh, when you mentioned the children, it, gave me, it felt really uncomfortable. I just, just want to point that out. Like, okay. It just made me feel really uneasy. Right. Um, don't know if I'm just a scaredy cat or anything like that <laughs> or if it's something else, but I do want to point that out. Like, I felt like something in my gut just right. not okay. Right. Um, but then also um, you had mentioned that you it was like the almost the last straw was when it started affecting your children um can you kind of speak on that they couldn't uh they couldn't sleep they weren't comfortable in the house uh we had another experience where we saw some red eyes and they saw them as well my dog got very ill he was gonna die um i had to pray and pray and pray over him he made it through but all of a sudden he just got very ill mm. and we were like okay we need to move from here because i don't know what this is and i was not experienced at the time like i am now with the paranormal and what can happen i have always since i was a child i could see or sense things but it's very difficult for people like Mike and myself because there's nobody to train us. There's nobody that really right. knows. A lot of what we learn is our, through our own experience. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, like I tell Mike, I remind him all the time, there is a good, like that, that woman that we saw, I think she was an angel, the angels I have seen. So they are here along with whatever else is here. And sometimes it's, and I'm sure Mike can attest to that, sometimes it's spirits that just need closure, even though they're in the afterlife. Once you, they get that closure, they can move on. And everything that is happening stops. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's sort of some, some of the things that I've thought of. Um, you know, I've had some experiences that I cannot explain for whatever reason, and I don't think this is the time to... Uh, it's just because it would take away from this house uh, or from where we're at and the history of it that I want to learn about. But some of the things were... I've always thought of as, like, it's it's either something evil or something that's at not at rest, uh, you know, something that still needs help to move on to whatever right. next... Well, on a lighter note, I do have to say this when Mike and his team came so at the other location I had been here with part of the team and then I had to go back to get Mike to get over there <laughs> because we were experiencing some things so I said yeah. you go so I go over there and I, I was knocking and they were in the kitchen of the other house and they wouldn't hear me and I was trying to open the door and it wouldn't open then suddenly I was able to open it so I walk into the kitchen oh I was knocking really hard you know open up it's me you know open the door and 
I get in there and Mike and the team are like, oh, Miss God, you gave us a heart attack. Except let's get paranormal. So does this. Uh-uh. Because I had told them the story of this woman at the other house uh-huh. that the family would hear her footsteps going down the sidewalk and then she would be knocking really hard, like a desperate knock, you know, let me in, let me in. And so Mike and the, we thought it was the woman uh-huh. that you had told us about. I said, oh my God, you guys, you cracked me up. But that's, you know, these things do happen. We yeah. laugh sometimes yeah. among ourselves because we scare ourselves. And it's not anything, it's just one of us. Well, yeah, like earlier, (laughs) we were setting up, there was a car that passed by or something that just shined the light into the house. And I was looking at just the corner of my eye, I see the light, and I went, and I looked at him, he looked at me, (laughs) he he started laughing at me. I was like, yeah, yeah, the light got me. Yeah, I I tell people, when when you finally experience the paranormal, it's like your whole life you've been walking with blinders on, like a horse, you know, you're, you're just looking like tunnel vision. But then it gets removed, and you start noticing things, and you know, thinking about things, and seeing things you never, you normally wouldn't have seen or experienced. And with this house, you know, we, like I said, we've been investigating for so long here, capturing little pieces, like almost like a puzzle piece, you know, little pieces here and there. And uh, you know, like she mentioned, it was cleansed. And here, and here's, I'm gonna take you back to when we first came. Uh, my sister and Kayla were in uh, cleansing the other house, a few houses uh, down the road right here. And I was here, standing here, waiting for them to come here to cleanse this house. Well, one of our our previous members, Chris, she ends up coming over here with me. And we're standing outside here in the yard. The freaking cops show up. And, and, and I'm like, what the hell do they want? And I guess maybe the neighbors saw us here. So they said, you know, what are you doing here in the yard? We explain. They try to, you know, they, they try to run our information. And I said, man, we're just we're paranormal investigators, man. They go, what does that mean? Like ghost hunters, you know, we and they, they left us alone. But when we were done with the when the, the cleansing at the time, I remember we left, and on the way home, I was taking Chris home. I dropped her off, and when I was coming to my house, I never forget. I was so like I felt so drained. I mean, to the point where literally, um, where I close to where I live, I'm on the I'm on the on the access road at the light to turn to my house. I fall asleep. There was like maybe three cars in front of me. I fell asleep on the wheel. And I think I closed my eyes for maybe like a second. I opened and there was no one there. I mean, there was a lot of cars at first. I opened my eyes. Everybody's gone. I'm just in the middle of the road. I'm like, oh, the cops are going to think I'm drunk. So I take off. But it's like, you know, you don't understand the things that can happen. For example, your camera getting drained. That's a camera. Imagine yourself. You know, you're, you're so busy moving around doing things. You don't realize that things are affecting you and to the point where you're like your eyes only want to open you're like dude what's wrong with me what happened to me and it could be just the fact that it's hot or it could be the paranormal i mean you said there's two sides of the story two sides of the coin but we've experienced so many things and especially in this case that it's just mind-boggling it's baffling especially the things that let you hear and see on video and audio you know so um does it do you guys Knowing that you've already experienced certain things, do you keep coming back to the house? Um, what's the What's the goal with the house? For, for me personally, or as as a paranormal group, our goal always is to make sure that the client can reclaim their home, find peace, and in this case, make it inhabitable where people and I'm with the spirits. You know, where, where in this case is a rental property for someone to you know her to restore it either you know whatever she's going to do with it but for it to be a livable space where there's this is a place of peace a place of balance is where you lay your head at the end of the night with no issues or 
anything from the from the afterlife, you know. And some and I can tell people you, what you don't realize is that it's not where you just come one time and it's done. Hmm. It could be years, it could be days, it could be weeks, months. You never know what the end result is going to be until. But it, it's all about consistency. Keep coming back, gathering your evidence because for us. Like in my team, there's people who are gifted and the people who don't. I mean, I think we all have a sensitivity. A sensi- we all have a sensitivity to these things. But there's people who are extra. They're gifted. They can see things like Miss Tess mentioned. She can experience certain things. Uh, but we as a team, we try to gather as much stuff. And that way, once we gather all the evidence and we figure out what it is, we can prepare accordingly for our cleansings. Because you don't want to just come in, come into a location and walk around with sage or something that is not meant for that type of cleansing mm, okay. and then just really aggravate it or piss it off and then who gets to, who gets that backlash not us we go home she has to deal with it or whoever the person who lives here has to deal with it we get to go home at the end of the night or worst the case scenario follows us home yeah so you have to prepare accordingly but even when you do pre- once you find out what it is you identify it and once you do prepare for that cleansing it doesn't mean it's going to go away right there and then Again, it could take time, but it's all about consistency and coming back and cleansing and doing your thing. And like I said, the goal is to hopefully for it to go away and then there'll be peace again in the location. Because I think in my, in, with some of the people that Mike brought uh, that were mediums or psychics or investigators themselves, several of them and some other people that I brought myself, they felt that this was having to do with the land not only in my house but in the neighborhood because the neighborhood has always had hauntings uh growing up in this neighborhood we would hear oh we saw something or we heard something or whatever so it took me into another part of the research and what we found out was that and i'm continuing my research on the land because just down maybe four blocks from us is the aldison apache creek that goes all the way to aldison apache courts Mm -hmm. So if we're looking at hundreds of years back, this would have been a tribal location because the tribes would be where near there where there's water. Mm-hmm. And we don't know because several of the people had said, I keep hearing or sensing native, native, native. Well, now we're researching that part that maybe this land at one time were was inhabited by some kind of native tribe and maybe we might be on a cemetery of theirs you know or it might be a holy land for them and because now we've built on it well we have to tell them you know forgive us we apologize forgive us but please you know can we coexist together without having so many disruptions but do you think um if that's the case do you think like other neighbors are experiencing things or have you heard that other yes yes they do experience yeah oh and and they just decide to stay and right um it hasn't been as severe as it's been in this house i don't think okay but that could be again maybe this land for some reason uh there's something here in the land yeah like just this specific plot of land right so our next thing is to bring a native american tribe that i cannot mention a clan Mm. that does that spiritual healing for the land because they begin with the land not with the the uh, building that's there whether it's a house or it's a commercial building 
they do their spiritual cleansing with the land first. So one of the things I think about whenever I hear about a haunted house, this most more specifically a house, uh, those times where we've heard that there's people kind of like living inside the house without families knowing like even if, with people knowing people living in the house like there's been cases on the news where right you know, again i don't know how much how true that is but for most times it seems pretty real where there's somebody living in the attic in the cup uh, in between the walls i don't know something like that um mm -hmm. is there any case like that where there's somebody that may be living somewhere or knows a way to get into the house or uh, anything like that like because i know the house also has like an underneath section right right anything well, like that well, well i mean there because okay the first thing we did was when we when we had heard the when we had heard the female voice young lady one young woman whatever <laughs> people said well why don't you look under the house maybe there's uh, an opening or maybe it's this or maybe it's that so i mean miss i remember when we you and i had walked outside and you went to that side. We looked underneath. I mean, we looked everywhere. I mean, but the thing is, I mean, there's parts of the house where, the, you know, you, there's like some lifted boards. But, again, in order for them to come in, they would have to completely remove panels to, to fully come into the house. And there's no sign of that anywhere. So, I mean, that's something we have thought about uh, as far as, like, maybe someone coming into the house. But if that would have been somebody who, let's say, came into the house and my device would go up, I have camcorders, I have audio recorders. First of all, you're gonna cap. You're, you're gonna hear the ruckus, mm. but then you're gonna, you know, wherever the camera set up, if it is able to capture that, I guess part where they're coming in, it's gonna cause a lot of loud sound that the cameras are gonna document while we're gone, and then of course, you know, there's gonna be a sign of the, them coming in, but also leaving because they can't. Once they open it, they're, they're not gonna be able to close it completely and take off. You know what I mean? Mm. But here in the house, if you go look in the attic. The attic is so small. Like, I, I don't think I could fit in there because it's so little. So, I mean, yeah. e and even if they did fit in there, you saw how it is. We were here for a little bit, and we were sweating bullets. Yeah. So, yeah. if someone's just living there comfortably, that I don't think it would be possible. You know yeah. what I mean? But, I mean, it's something to think about. You know? Yeah. But, no, no. It's just uh, something I had to um, ask about. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm being real serious when I'm, like, saying the, the uncomfortable feeling of it. And I don't think it's just, you know, the story of it. There's something I can acknowledge that there's a different feeling in here. Like, no, I, I, for sure. Um, well, I can say with Mike um, and the team, he's very good at trying to debunk. Okay. Because that's your first objective. Mm -hmm. You know, am I imagining it? Was it echo from the neighbor that you're hearing and it's echoing into your house, you know? Um, is there anybody in the yard, you know, and you're thinking it's something? Uh, and he's very good about trying to debunk it before actually thinking, oh, yeah, this is something supernatural. And that has been my objective as well. Because sometimes, you know, you do echo. You hear something at your neighbor's and you're hearing it in your house. And you're like, man, where did that come from? But it's not that you have anything in your house. You're just hearing the echo coming into your house. Yeah. Because sound carries. Mm -hmm. We all know that sound carries. And if there's a wind, it's going to carry it even further. Um. Yeah, so that's I I I can see that because I mean even in my own house like um, certain things that like freak me out is like can easily be explained by something else. Um, 
in, in most cases for for my house um here i i don't know i i and like i said the the feelings i get it's like especially when you mentioned that children did not feel good at all like it was just really weird like it came like it it hit me real quick did not feel comfortable and then i went away um, and sometimes one of the mediums that came psychic you know she did explain that because that was concerning to me and she said i don't think those children lived here but she said they could be what do you call it mike when you can leave your body and go somewhere else oh it's, it's called um uh, yes, and she astral felt projection? that that might be what the children, what we were hearing about the children, but she didn't feel that the children had died here or anything like that. She just felt they're coming from somewhere else, you know, and it could be that maybe these children are gifted in that way, that they can move somewhere else, or it could be the spirit of children that may have died somewhere else and they're lost because it seemed like the little girl was looking for her home. And, you know, now that I think about it, one of the families that lived here had expressed a little girl they had seen and that she seemed lost. And they thought she was real. But when they went out to look for her outside, she disappeared. And they couldn't find her. They saw her, like, in the yard? or They saw her in the house. In the house. In the house. Okay. But she left out the door, and they went after her. But when they went after her, she wasn't anywhere to be found. Mm. And the thought of the mother was she thought the little girl was lost, that she had gotten lost. But yeah. they could never find her. So where did the little girl come from? She was not from this house. There was no history. I've, I've really tried very hard to look at the history of the owners that owned it before we did, you know, of the land, what was here, uh, to see if we can get some kind of history. Okay, so we're seeing all these entities. Where are the entities coming from? Yeah. Are you the last family to live in here? No. I had, because this is a rental, we've had several families live in the house. And they all seem to have the same experiences they all or different, had some kind of experience? Some kind of experience with the house. And but then I had one family that didn't experience anything. Okay. You know, that lived very well. Uh, they didn't tell me about anything at all. And usually they'll be here for quite a while before they actually begin to feel uncomfortable or see things like that family that saw the little girl. Yeah. And then now, you know, since everything's locked up, like you're not renting it out to people anymore? No. Just out of safety reasons? Or? At, for safety, yes. I don't want anybody to be, to cause them any kind of discomfort. I have to get to the bottom of this, and that's why now we're looking at the land. If it is the land, something is buried here, or we need to bless the land, you know, bring it to peace, whatever it is, so that this stops. Um, because we've had some horrific things happen, you know. Also at Christmas, I was telling Michael several years ago, I'm, I'm sure you saw it, at the corner right there, a van was hit by a truck, and the whole van exploded, oh, wow. and it killed four of the family members. Then two weeks later, there was another accident at the corner. Then we had a kill. Uh, a young woman was killed to my right. Uh, so we've had a lot of things happening in these two blocks. Oh, and that's yeah. what leads me to believe maybe it's the land. We need to bless the land. 
That's in yeah. It's, um, so when Mike told me the location of this area, it, it's um, my wife is from the West Side, you know, born and raised. Um, so she kind of knew the area, and she was like, "Oh, you're going." over there <laughs> so, and, and it's not like say like towards the, the people or anything like that it's just like there is a weird vibe and i'll tell you this um i moved to i guess you can say to the west side i came to our lady of the lake university for college um in 2005 and then i've driven down this you know we're not gonna say you know the location oh i guess we did since we're set on the west side so that's how close we are to to the our lady of the lake or close by but uh up and down the road many times. Maybe not this little one, but the main, one of the main roads here. Right, us. right. Um, but there's some. There's always been a weird feeling, and this could be nothing. This could be completely nothing. This could just be me weirdness and all that. But there's a certain section of that road that I travel that just kind of like irks me. It's just like, ugh. like, and I've never thought about. I never knew. Obviously, the location is nearby or this. But it's just something about the little section, and it wasn't until I was driving here I was like, "This is the right, exact same right. area that I've always felt weird coming between up and down the road for whatever reason." So it kind of just puts things into perspective. It kind of just makes me feel a little weird of of, of, of the situation. I don't know. I, right. I, I, don't, I can't explain it. But right. for years, I felt that about that one main road in that little section is really weird about it and can you imagine all these years that you've been feeling that and then you get to be here with us tonight now i'm here and it's like uh, it, it drew me in yeah it drew me in maybe, maybe it was a little what was to come you know what i mean yeah. but one thing i'm going to add and i don't know if she mentioned it when i stepped out to make an emergency call or not emergency but, but a call um one of the things like she mentioned about the land right so we had that question is is you know if it's the land is it na- native related native american is it because you know one thing she did mention was that in her vision they said where did you bury it so what is this thing that it was being buried what was being hidden so we were thinking well maybe sometimes there's buried in the, in the in the in the property somewhere we don't know so one of the things that she, or actually uh one of my members mentioned was that there, that he had a friend who had cadaver dogs and if you don't know what a cadaver dog is they train these dogs for many, many years to go to, I mean, it could be stretches of fields. It could be anywhere. And they can they can smell, I think, I don't know how far down, like decomposing bodies or just, they've been there for many, many years already. And if they sniff that, if they, if they sense, because remember, when you're buried way down there, things still travel to the top, you know, the scent of yeah. the, the body. So yeah. the dogs smell it. And the way that he explained it was, say they're walking in the field and they smell, they detect a dead body they'll lay flat down and they will not move and then that's what it so there's buried the so then they call they call the cops they have to report it and they'll come and excavate and see what it is so miss you know come over here button dogs here nothing once the other property and then is it on the same property the the little empty lot is is it separated or is it the same? okay so there's a separate it's, it's the other home and a separate lot well these dogs just to kind of add they were training dogs so they were so in training. They were like master of what they do, but you know, dogs are they can smell, but he teach them to smell that specific thing. So these dogs are so training. He took them through the yard, and I mean, my heart sank. <laughs> my heart sank because the dogs walking, and then 
boom, he lays flat down. My heart was like, oh, it's a dead body. Mm-hmm. But what it came out to be was he wanted to treat. Oh, so okay. he tricked the, he trying to trick us to think there's a body there. And he turns like this because when they find a dead body, they don't move. There's boom. But he tried to, uh, like with the little <laughs> wagon. So like, can I have a treat? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was a false oh, thing. Okay. But man, my. Well, you're not sure. Well, yeah, we're right. But at that oh. moment, my heart yes, sank, he man. Just kept circling and circling and circling. And then he sat down somewhere else, which was near the area. And then he came back and he kept circling and circling the area. He sat down. Then he got up. Then he came and he sat down. And when we asked the the trainer, he said, no, they, if it's a true event, they can't get up. They won't get up until we ask them to. Right. So when I can found another group that does this cadaver training the trainer there explained to me that not all because these dogs go and find missing children missing people i mean they go all over the Mm -hmm. united states Mm -hmm. and you can have a team of five and only one dog will find it and the others will not okay so it's it's not so it's not accurate you know so we're bringing another team of cadaver dogs to see if that team will do the same thing that dog did. Okay. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like a, again, it's like a process of elimination. You're, you're, yes. try, you're trying to tie all these pieces together. How do they match up to make one big picture? Yeah. And so when people, for people who are wondering about this sort of thing, as an investigator, you're trying to piece together evidence and this and that to say okay this is how it all ties in together <clears throat> and this is the ultimate picture of what is the ultimate contributor if you will of why activity is happening so let's say they do find oh and that's only for that site though because you know if it's a dead by over there it's different but ultimately uh besides the dogs i believe you say you mentioned you talked to a company who had oh, those yes. tell them about the company they're gonna bring their um what they call their sonar where they can actually go like 10 feet down and see if they can pick up anything that might be there now this would not be looking for uh dead bodies it'll look for if there's maybe a box a metal box something that something that that, was buried or where'd you bury it yes yes so that we can either debunk that or maybe we will find something we don't know but going to a funny story so now, on if it's treasure side. and you and Mike kind of disappear and go to the go, go to the playa and then you know go to the, then we'll know that there was some hidden treasures. So, San Fernando Cemetery Number One, which is near Lozano Apache. Oh. So there's always been sightings there around. Again, that was for Santa Ana and his men camped before they attacked the Alamo. Mm-hmm. So that area of Lozano Apache has always been haunted. So these kids were like, yeah, we're going to go to the cemetery, man, because they say they see an old man there. Everybody says they see him. So they're there at midnight. And all of a sudden they hear, hey, you woke me up. And they were like, oh, heck. And so this man who was intoxicated, oh. <laughs> uh, he was sleeping at the cemetery. And they're like, running. He said, Mr. I don't know how we didn't knock ourselves down <laughs> on, the, on the 
the stones there because and we were running. Yeah. You know, we were running. <laughs> oh my God, we actually saw them. We woke the dead up. Yeah, you know? yeah. So this stuff does happen. I mean, it's hysterical. Every time those kids would tell you a story, yeah. I was like, on the visit, y'all were looking for an old man, a ghost of an old man. You found a man who was intoxicated in the cemetery sleeping and you woke him up. But I mean, some of that stuff sometimes happens. It, you've got to laugh with some yeah, of this stuff. You can't take it too seriously exactly. sometimes, you know. Exactly, and then, you know, sometimes I feel like it has to be said that the the living are more dangerous than the yes. dead and the experiences yes. that we have. Right. Um, so, before I ask my final question, I don't know, Mike, if you have one uh, like something else that you would like to share before we close out. I think there's a lot to talk about in this. Uh, Right, there's there's, there's there's so much to cover with not enough time exactly. to throw it all into just bam this one episode. But there's a lot more to mention for sure. How do you feel when you come and do something like this, and and knowing that you've had experiences, I guess for both of you, how do you leave it behind, and can you leave it behind and go back to your your life, your normal life? And it's kind of a long. I want to be a long winded or anything, but you know. When we investigate, one of the things that we had to learn really quickly in investigations is we're gonna we meet people in locations that there's a lot of emotions wrapped into it, right? And sometimes we we come to locations where it hit home. It hits home like we can uh, we can relate to what's either they're experiencing or that what they went through, or maybe around your childhood home. So you know you always have some sort of like you can relate to it in some way. We learn to try to block those things off. Not that we're like cold-blooded or heartless, but we're here for a reason. We're being called for a reason. So we know why we're here. We know what we want to accomplish. Whether it happens or not, that's what we're here for. At the very end, you know, when we leave at the end of the day, when we leave at the end of the day and we either accomplish or don't accomplish, uh, not because we don't want to accomplish it, but because just because of the circumstances, whether we run out of time or whatever it is, you know, when we walk away, we're able to walk away and know we did our very best at that location. And if we're ever called back to come back, of course, we'll come back and help as much as we can. But the goal is always to help the client reach that point where they find peace. But remember, my belief is it's not me helping her find peace or, you know, her discovering peace. To me, it's a higher power than God. Mm-hmm. I don't bring her peace. God does. I'm just another another uh, inst- or, you know, piece, uh, instrument or puzzle to help her you know be by her side to let her know you're not alone god now, if somebody doesn't believe in god do you i, I tell them, well, whoever you believe in whatever you pray to or don't if pray let's say to, they don't believe in anything like how do you help them out because i know you have your right beliefs, but right so for me then you, I, you don't try to impose that you just no no I, I i i share what i believe and if you say what well, that's bs or what i'm like well that's that's your right to say but it's just, i'm not i'm not here to change your mind right i'm okay. just here to say this is what i believe and so to finish my answer is when I walk away, the best part is that with our clients, we don't just say, okay, now that we're done helping you, that's it. We're no longer going to talk to you. They're always a part of our family too. We're always going to be staying some kind of friendship. And so we always have that open line of communication just in case, you know, whether I don't care if it's paranormal or not, we just, we will communicate. So when we walk away, sometimes in the back of our mind, we're like, I wonder whatever happened. Like, did, you know, did they find peas? Did they find this? Did this finish? And if we're there to witness that they find peace great it's it's done but there always can still be a part of our family 
Uh, do, do you want to answer your, on your end, Judy? And again, I'm like Mike. I am a religious person. I give all authority to God and to Jesus Christ, the Holy Trinity. Um, I, you know, and I'm wearing it right now, my crucifix with my medals of St. Benedict, who is the fighter of the enemy. I wear my scapular because that was given to us by our Blessed Mother to protect us from the enemy. Um, because I've seen this myself. It's not anything that I read or was told to. I've ex had these experiences myself. And I had told Mike, you know, we want to not only talk about the things that were disturbing, but we have to talk about the angels that we have seen, that we have felt, that we have heard, that are with us all the time. And so when my bringing Mike into this was because I needed validation. Is this really happening? Is this true? Mm -hmm. And we've proven that it is. So now we do what we can as humans, but then we have to give it up to God, to Jesus. We put it in their hands so that we can walk away from here and not take it with us. Because the suffering, whatever suffering is here, whatever is causing that suffering, that's not our suffering. So we give it back. We say, you know, it's in your hands, Father. We have tried to help. I have tried to help other people just like Mike. Um, but you gotta let it, you gotta put it in God's hands. We can only do what we can do as humans and the rest is up to God. It will get resolved. I believe it will get resolved. But we're not on, God is not on our time schedule. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I have learned that. Yeah. And sometimes it takes years until we finally get to the bottom. And that's what Mike and I are like, okay, we're going to get to the bottom of this, you know. But that's why, how, why we can leave. Because we want to make sure we cleanse ourselves. I've seen Mike, we do it holy water on ourselves when we leave somewhere because we want to take it with us. We don't want it. It doesn't belong to us. Yeah, so that was one of my biggest worries coming here, our nervousness. And I think it was in my head already, but uh, sometimes I bring somebody with me to, that helps me with the cameras and things, just monitoring. Like right now I'm monitoring the audio to make sure it's on. Right. But usually it's somebody else monitoring to let me know, hey, the audio's not working or something like that. Um, but a lot of people, you know, the people I ask, not a lot, I don't have a lot, many friends. <laughs> no, but the people that I ask, um, they were like, no, no, not for me. Not, I'm not doing it. Um, so I get it. But um, so the worry was, you know, they're staying back, but do I take something back with me? And that's that was definitely something I, will, I was nervous about. Um, again, I have my own thoughts on religion um i've shared you know i have my own struggles with i believe in god uh or i think i do um i struggle with that as well uh maybe not as much as i should i i don't give a lot of thought to it like i just turn into it that i'm already there i don't know but um i don't want to go too much further in that section but i just want to the, the reason i'm talking about that is that on the way here i did pray uh, probably on the way out, I'm gonna pray. I will bless you with holy water you And I will respect that, and I will take that, and I, I would really, but, you know, whoever's watching this, um, that doesn't believe, you know, I, 
I also that's why I asked the other questions to beyond the belief because uh, you know there's people that don't. So right. my job, I feel like it's the different perspectives. Um, I know a lot of people that do know me will be like, he always jokes that he doesn't, or you know, certain different jokes. Anyways, so if you look at history and you look at all the religions of the of our earth, so to speak, of different countries. Everybody has cleansings mm. because everybody has experienced something, whether you're Buddhist, Hindu, whatever you are, Muslim, whatever. They have experiences because we're human. We've lived for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Mm. So there is a cleansing in every religion, some form of it. Yeah. Because nobody wants to take yeah, anything to with take them, it. you know. Yeah, and that's what I asked Mike too on the way, uh, or leading up to this. I was like, "Is there? A, do I need to do a limpia or you know something?" Um, but the what the way I psyched myself in more was like, "I'm doing something." I feel like this is it's good to put out. Like the, it's a good, not just a good story, but it's a beneficial story of you know this stuff is happening. This stuff happens. Right. Uh, it's happening in our own backyard. You know, I'm 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 from the west side. I live in the west side at Propinche West, so I say it all the time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so this stuff is happening in our backyards in different places. Right. Um, so it's, I think it's an important thing, a story to share. Um, and, if, and if I can ask something real quick. The one thing that I really appreciate and enjoy about this <clears throat> is that as as you can say, storytellers sometimes, you know, we're sharing stories and, you know, we have podcasts that we share experiences or whatever the topic is, we're sharing a story or an experience. <clears throat> it's one thing to sit at the comfort of your home your own home and the comfort of a safe place where, you know, you have the AC and you have your lights and you have this and you're all kicking back at home, talking, laughing, whatever. But how often do you, you know, like for me, I share all the time on my podcast, you know, stories about our investigations, locations we go to. But how often do you get a podcast where you're at the location that you're, you're talking about? Having the client who is going through it, having the team they got to be there to collect the evidence and then witnessing being in the I atmosphere. Over there. I'm not, I don't want to stop you, but I, I don't know if anybody else heard it. There was something that I heard, like in that direction. Not gonna give any mind to it, but I definitely heard something. Was it a rat? probably it was right. <laughs> but it was like a listen. Clink. If it's a rat, I'm gonna run. No, no, I, I'll jump over the table and I'll run out. <laughs> so, uh, like I'm, I'm not. It was like a clink, like a like a like a. Nah, that's too loud. It was like a soft clink that direction. Um, sorry, could, I mean, it, no, no, you're fine. Caught me off guard because I heard it clearly from that direction. But I always tell people because um, you know you always, like you know, one time there was a book that was about to be written about myself and my team, and the 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 person before I don't want to get too off subject, but the gentleman who was writing, it, I said, look, it's one thing for me to sit here and you record my experiences and you can write it down, but it's another thing to be with us in our investigations and be side by side, and that way when you're writing this book. You say I was there with them side by side at the investigations when they're collecting evidence. I was there, so you have that that experience. You can relate, and so with this podcast, it's 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 like it's you're adding another level to it. Yes, we're we're sharing the story, but you yourself get to be here, smell the smell, see what's here, and hopefully experience something. Just so when when you do go home and you do post it, and people are watching, you can be man, I was there. Yeah, you know you investigate. But you get to sit here and be a part of the client, the team, 
and the location you know yeah the feel like i had and the opportunity to actually talk to because uh right i've talked to mike before and he told me about different clients and yeah i can put a mental picture in my head about who he's talking about but to actually meet somebody that had the experience uh it's an honor and again thank you for that for for inviting me no um, again i'm truly honored that i was you were you gave us the opportunity for this um but i had i I don't know where i was going with that um or i'm still thinking about that clink man no no Uh, you're you're good you're good um just wait till it calls your name yeah number if you're here if you're here in the house can you call his name and he'll go back to what you say? The podcast so. name too hard, too fast. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll go back in the dark with you by himself. No, 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 no. But um, yeah. So you know, I really do appreciate that. But um, oh, man, there was a, anyway. I lost that. But um, I guess I, I'll ask my final question. Uh, usually, the final question is a too hard, too fast story, and it's usually either a. You know, the way the podcast started, it was a drunk funny story or a um, cautionary tale or words of wisdom. But I think I want to do a little different here, uh, if you don't mind, um, kind of just sharing one of the more scarier or freaky experiences or weirdest experience that you've had on in this property, uh, if you don't mind sharing. I know we shared a couple of stories, but I want to see, like, what will be the it story, like the more scarier freaky weird whatever you feel comfortable sharing my children had a poster of a rock star and when the pastor came i was looking at it and the poster became alive with the face of the enemy and that was the first time i had ever felt fear of we don't like to say his name. Oh, okay, okay. Then it's not so. But would we grow up that I told you it's the two sides? There's mm. evil. Mm-hmm. So it was a face of evil. Oh, okay, okay. And man, I started to cry. And the pastor's there telling me, no, you tell, because he, he saw it too. Mm. And he said, you tell him that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. And I'm there. Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. And then I began to believe that Jesus is King and Lord. And the more I said it, I, it reaffirmed my faith in God, in Jesus. And when I realized, yes, I do believe in Jesus, that faith started to disappear. It started to shrink and shrink, and, and then it disappeared. Was this happening in the daytime or night? It was in the daytime, like mm-hmm. at 2 in the afternoon. Wow. And, so and I wasn't the only one who saw the face in that poster. It's like the poster came alive, or yes. it, and it switched the face. It's it came alive, and it, it's it switched the face to the evil one. But the more I profess my faith, that was an epiphany for me. That mm-hmm. was a real test of, do I really believe in Jesus Christ and God? And since then, I have never, I'm like, yes, I do. I do believe. I do believe in my heart. So sometimes things happen to us that make us uncomfortable. But there is a good part to it because it reaffirms who you are. What do you really believe in? Yeah. 
I know I've had experiences to where well, not experiences. Uh, I've never had it's thoughts. I think sometimes um, I freak myself out a little more. Like the, this is how much I don't like to play around with paranormal or ghosts or anything like that. I rarely even watch scary movies, just because my thoughts. This movie may not even be that scary, but when I turn off that TV or or whatever and I go to bed or whatever I'm doing. My thoughts create something else right. worse from that movie, and that freaks me out. And then I start feeling uncomfortable, like an uncomfortable right. feeling. Uh, same uncomfortable feeling that I instantly got in the gut uh, when you mentioned the children. Um, that's why I kind of like freak myself, freak myself out a little more in that sense because, or in that moment, because I felt it. But it's when I'm creating stuff in my head, um, and they're just thoughts. And then after that, I move on from it. I don't really think about it again. Um, but there's a moment when you're mentioning about the poster where I remember there was uh, posters. There's posters in my sister's room, and there's always the running joke that nobody can sleep in that room besides my sister comfortably because there's so much, like, there's a weird energy. I think it's been it's been gone now. I, I think that I, um, I don't know what it is, but I don't, whatever it was. But forever, whenever there's a poster, it's a low light. I, I sometimes feel like, oh, that poster's looking at me. Or, you know, weird. But, uh, yeah, so that, that that was where my mind went when you mentioned that. I was like, oh, I can I can see you where... Can relate th- to that. Yes, yes. And I wonder if people out there can relate to that same thing. Um, and I was... Th- when going back to, you know, the comfortableness of your room and we're talking and telling stories and now we're in the, in the, in the midst of it... Um, when I was editing our first episode with with you, uh, right. it was through Zoom, and we were telling some of the experiences. As I was editing, I felt stuff uncomfortable around me. I had to. It took me forever to edit because I had to pause, take a break. Right. Uh, but that's because I'm also a scaredy cat. Right. So <laughs> like, I'd, so I think editing this probably gonna freak me out. Well, a see, bit. you know, one thing that I think about right um, is one thing people don't realize as a paranormal investigator, you know. You're walking to a location. You're being told what your what your what the person's experiencing, and you, as an investigator, you, you know you're coming into the location, and you're trying to go and have that same experience or, or greater or different. And when we come into these locations, we're we're working in the pitch black. There's no lights. There's none of this stuff. And you're in this. You're in their time and and space. And you know. So one thing I think about is this. When I'm in here, you have, whether you're, you know, whatever you believe in, you better pray to it real quick because you're going to get humbled really quickly. Mm-hmm. Even though your intention is you're here to help, even though your intention is you're here to get answers, you know, you're called here. But again, none of us truly understand the other side until we probably get there. So while we're here trying to figure it out, we don't know what's what we're really talking to. We could think you're hearing a child and it's something else. And so the the stuff I, I share with you, the footsteps or the movement, the woman's, the girl's voice, think about that for a second. That was captured with the recorder or the camera. So it's here. Mm. So when we're standing here talking to the, to the dark, who knows what's there listening to us? Yeah. And I wonder in my mind, as I'm standing here looking to nothing, it's a darkness. Imagine, I try to imagine... Like, like right now, this light, you're seeing this light that's on us. Mm. 
Imagine saying here and then you see a little kid's face just <laughs> No man, that's exactly come on, you're I've been looking that direction a lot. Or or it's like we don't know what's there, but then when we're gone and, and our equipment's rolling, the movement, the person crying or singing, so it's there. But it's a matter of like imagine it's one thing to hear it, but imagine being here when that's happening. Imagine standing here and you hear those footsteps over there, or you hear the woman's voice singing. I mean your body goes into this fight or flight mode. You're going to run towards it. You're going to run the hell out the door. And I've met people. I had an ex-member of mine who he was an atheist. He didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in a lot of things. I told him, listen, man, I will never push God into you. I'll always, if you're, the day you say, hey, Mike, I want to get saved or I want to believe in God, fine. But I'll never force you to believe in my beliefs, never. I said, but one thing I'll tell you is this. When you're in a situation where you're messing with the spiritual aspect you're going to experience something and you, and the first thing I don't care who you are you could sit here and say I don't believe in God there's no God but excuse my language when shit's hitting the fan the first person they're asking for is God mm. everybody I don't care who it is please God help me no you didn't believe you know what I mean <laughs> and so with this guy he had an experience that shook him to his core and he believed in God and he went and got saved not to say that everybody has that effect yeah. but it's like when you're in these situations it's like you you know you're dealing with something we truly don't know because you, you can't see it you can't feel it, it, it you know it, it's not like if you're a firefighter you're gonna go to a, a burning building it's there we're coming to a place where you, who knows what you're talking to and so for me when we're doing this and let's say I post something and someone's like yeah it's nothing I'm like did you know what I, do you know what I had to go through to capture that I was in the pitch black away from my family away from my kids whatever. Trying to catch them in the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, I could be home asleep, but I was here trying to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it's a lot that we go through. What we do, it takes a special kind of person to do this because not meant for not everyone's meant to experience or feel this or you know be a part of it. But I'm very grateful for the people I've met, like Miss Test, the places I get to see, the things I get to capture. Because you tell me, tell me right now, would you be here in the middle of the night, three in the morning? No, no, definitely not. Trying to catch. <laughs> I'm looking at my watch. I'm getting ready to go. <laughs> the, right. the later it gets, the darker it gets. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, until you come do this, it's like your people will never know until you're here yeah. doing it. It's crazy, man. No, and I truly appreciate the fact of that. Like, uh, it's not lost on me. Like where I'm at and what I'm feeling, and um, you know what you do uh, as an investigator. Um, but I think you know again, like we said, we can we can share it all. This is uh, right, right, no, yeah. definitely a moment in time. I I think there's plenty. Of, I would love to do this again. And right. I say that very cautiously. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to put out this episode and to make sure that you know I'm I'm not I'm okay. Right, right. <laughs> but um, uh, real quick before we close out, um, where can people follow you? So if you want to follow uh, Midnight Paranormal Society, you can go to Facebook. Just search Midnight Paranormal Society. The picture you're going to see will say MPS. Have the, have the silhouette or skyline of San Antonio. You can also find us on uh, on on Instagram, Midnight Period Paranormal Period Society. You can also find us on, on TikTok. And if you want to – he's going to share. I'll send him the clips of the shadow, the woman singing and anything else you need so for this podcast, for this episode. But if you want to see yourself, go to TikTok and look at, at – MPS founder Mike and a lot of the videos are there on there that you could check out and uh, yes and if you and if you ever have questions or concerns you can email us to uh, paranormal MPS at gmail.com and you can email me and I'll answer any questions you have 
Perfect, man. I appreciate it. We've gone too hard, too fast with Midnight Paranormal Society in a, uh, I guess, haunted location. Right. Um, again, thank you very much for allowing us to be there. Uh, You're uh, welcome. Thank you. Uh, and that's it. Remember, that'll be you. That'll be weird. Bye.